This is episode 125 for Tuesday, February 20th, 2018. Today we get a chance to visit with the guys from Strange Union Beer. Welcome to Brew Styles. My name is Travis, and together with Chris, Powers, and Sawyer, we take on the world of beer one style at a time. Every week, we discuss a different style of beer and taste some of our favorites. We hope you leave with a thirst for more. Our podcast may be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Look us up and subscribe to make sure you are kept up to date on our latest episodes. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Brew underscore Styles. Drop by our website, BrewStyles.com, where you can stream every episode, check out our photo gallery, and use the contact tab to send us comments and feedback. You can also find more information about the BJCP and how to become a certified beer judge. Settle in and raise a pint with us as we launch into another episode of Brew Styles. And welcome back to another episode of Bruce Styles. We are very excited to be back. We've got a great show lined up for you today. Uh, we've got the guys from Strange Union Beer in studio with us, uh, Nick and Danny. Thanks for being with us, guys. Thanks Absolutely. for having us. And uh, we're going to get a chance to chat with them for a bit and really get into some of their excellent beers, award-winning beers, I might add. Awesome. And uh, that'll be a lot of fun. But first, I wanted to tell you about a project that I've been consumed with this week. I've been making my own tap handles for my own homebrew. Mm. And... It's been something I wanted to do for a long time, and I finally just went to the store, bought the uh, bought the materials I needed, and I've just been coming straight home from work and working my tail off on these things. And every day you see like the progress, and it gets a little bit cooler and cooler. Yeah. And I'm almost to the point where I've got one completed, but uh, my gosh, I've been just consumed with this. Yeah, I was about to say those texts you've been sending out to everybody have been pretty. Uh, you you seem really excited about this, but they look like they're coming out pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. You should uh, put some pictures up on the website. I should. It's been a fun project. I So basically, I just went to uh, Home Depot and I bought a few railings, uh, just some standard wood railings for a, like a deck or patio, cut them into nine-inch uh, segments, and then I've been wood burning just styles into them, like stout or porter, so that I can reuse them for the future. And uh, I got some stains. I've been working with some staining. But uh, for me, this is a pretty big project, but I've, I've never done any woodworking before. Uh, I did have a saw that I already owned, but that was about it. <laughs> so it's it's been fun. I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos, you know, how to burn wood, how to, you know, work there with it go. and stuff. There's one. Oh, very nice. <clears throat> Looks good. But uh, it's it's been easier than I thought and also more difficult. So there's definitely things that I would change if I had to do it again. But hopefully I don't have to do it again. So, sounds like Ever. the most <laughs> difficult thing for you has been that threading, right? Yeah, just getting the little... The little metal poppets to actually go in there. The ferrule, and, I think is what it's called. Yeah. And then, because uh, the wood I chose was was uh, pressure treated, and so it was harder mm. to work with than like a softer pine. So I'd probably redo my wood choice. But, uh, and other than that, I've been really happy with how it's turned out. Nice. Very so cool. Awesome. How, how much time is it taking you per tap handle? Um, well, I've been able to work on it a little bit every day, and the actual burning itself has taken a long time. So you got to go through and outline it. I decided to do the style on opposite sides and then my home brewery, Cavalier Ale Works, on the other ones. And since it's smaller letters, I'm having to do lowercase and then just the little you know, 
bits and pieces of like a lowercase e or um, a lowercase g, all these really weird things. It's taken a long time. Uh, but after you get done with that, the stainings go real quick. Um, and then sanding it down, I got to add a clear coat. And then I'll basically be done. So it's been about a week from start to finish of working on it a little bit every day. But, uh, man, it's been a good time. Nice. Really enjoy it. Yeah. Also joined today by Chris. Oh. As I almost spilled my beer. Uh, <laughs> well, you're, you're getting accustomed to your new hat coaster. So, you know, it's there's going to be a learning curve there. With the fuzzy ball. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so beer for me this week. I got an award for my Martin for uh, Captain Here, Masterberg. Third place. Sat nice. on that one for a while. It was in the keg for like, I don't know, four months before I actually got around to bottling it and entering it in the competition. But anyway, did pretty well. Uh, also, bought ingredients for probably the cheapest beer I've ever brewed for a five-gallon batch. You're $16. Nice. What's that going to be? <laughs> I'm a it's like a drunk. That's Sawyer's Wedding Beer that I'm brewing. It's a, a Bud Light clone? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, Coors, Coors, Coors Light. Light. Oh, Coors okay. Light. Yeah, no, actually, it's my Nerf Herder Hef. Uh, so it's like, you know, six pounds of wheat, three pounds of Pilsner, one ounce of hops, and one packet of dry yeast, ah! 16 bucks. <laughs> there you go. So we'll see how that goes. And I was going to ask you, do you want some kind of fruit in that, or do you just want the plain half? Surprise me. I don't care. Oh, God. Okay. I'll figure something out. Yeah. Fruit's fine. <laughs> nice. The ladies will like that, I'm sure. That's the voice of Sawyer. What up? He is a few weeks away from being married. Yes, I am. That must be heating up here soon. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's exciting. It's exciting. We're we're almost done with paying off everything, so that's nice. Um, and uh, we're really looking forward to getting out of town for the honeymoon. So mm-hmm. and it'll be spring break, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Going out on spring break, leaving the day after the wedding. So awesome. Yeah, it'll be good. <laughs> uh, beer for me this week. I went to Stubby's and bought ingredients and picked up sample stuff. Yeah, uh, they messed up one of my orders, oh. which was. Uh, entertaining. That doesn't happen very often. No, it doesn't. Uh, but they really messed this one up. Oh wow! I ordered an all grain brew kit, uh, pumpkin ale, mm-hmm. and uh, they gave me an extract. Oh, I was like, well, way to go, guys! Did you notice this before you left? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I was like, I know I ordered an all grain kit, so I pulled out the little sheet out at my car, and of course it says all grain. Go back in there and show it to the guys, and I'm like, oh man, who did this? And of course, no one signed off on it, so. They're like, well, there's free beer over there in the corner, so just go drink and I'll do this for you. I was like, sweet. Nice. (laughs) Never complain about free beer, right? Oh, no. No, it was actually probably one of the best Vienna lagers. I'm going to hold you, Rad. I'm going to hold you. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Very nice. And we're also joined by Powers today. Hey, what's going on? Um, Yeah, my uh, my weekend beer has mainly been I, I opened up one of the. Brooklyn Brew Shop Beginner Beer Kit beers that we brewed a few about a month back. Oh God! Was that your first taste of it? Uh, it was my first taste of it, okay. and I don't have it here today. I'll have it here for the next episode. Um, so I'm not going to talk about it too much right now because I want to kind of surprise you guys. Ooh. But what I will say is it's drinkable. So oh, okay, it's congratulations! Good. <laughs> your very first beer is drinkable. Yeah. That's that's the that's the goal right there. I'm I'm very glad. Now a fun, funny story about all that is we were doing some registry shopping. At Bed Bath and Beyond yesterday, me and Anna were and oh, fancy, no. yeah, right. <laughs> and we were in the kind of you know alcohol glass section, and you know we're we're kind of looking around trying to find things to scan. And what do I find on the bottom shelf? But another one of those Brooklyn Brew Shop beer making kits that we used for 
for my first home brew, and I'm just like, uh, I was I was tempted to scan it just as a joke, but I was like, I somebody don't will get it for you. Yeah. <laughs> it'll exactly. show up at your door. Yeah, th- then it'll then it'll come in, and I have to do it, and I didn't want to do that again. <laughs> that that stovetop all grain was uh, was something else for a one gallon batch. For one gallon, yeah, I ended up getting it's not six, not a beginner kit. Six 16 ounce <laughs> bottles out of that. <laughs> took a month for them to be ready but you know for a first homebrew experience it was it was fine just because i learned a lot but i i'm definitely you know i've i've still got the one that came in extra from amazon and i'm still not looking forward to having to do that but uh but i think uh i think the next time i i do homebrew it's definitely going to be something a little bit less involved or at least something that something that's you know more worth it i think you know Mm-hmm. extract yeah that's I'd your friend so. yeah nice we're looking forward to trying that yeah yeah for sure i'm uh i i think it's more than drinkable i think it's going to be better than that <laughs> but uh, i enjoyed drinking it but that was also partly just because it's like this is my first beer this yeah is my i'm happy that's <laughs> your baby i have made beer yes <laughs> <laughs> well we definitely want to say thank you to our listeners we appreciate you uh for sticking around with us for a century and a quarter of episodes. It's, oh, jeez. Uh, it's felt like that long, <laughs> considering how long our episodes have been. <laughs> it really has been. And if you enjoy it, then uh, go ahead and... Subscribe. Because we'd really appreciate that. We also are on Twitter and Facebook. We have Twitter. <laughs> Facebook. Everything. Facebook. Instagram. Instagram. We are everywhere. We're all over the place. So definitely mm-hmm. check us out there. And uh, we'll see you, you know, on we, the interwebs. We keep talking about we need to do another Wives episode. We haven't done that yet. Well, because they keep getting pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) That's not my fault. Yeah, Yeah. no. Me either. But uh, we got a great episode lined up for you today. Uh, Like I mentioned, we got the guys from Strange Union Beer. And uh, it would be Nick and Danny. Hey. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us. So first, I just want to get like a a real basic question about your personal history. So non-beer related, you know, what's your occupation and... Where you from? All that good stuff. Um, well, I'm uh, <clears throat> I'm I'm from Arlington. Um, you know, I, I bounced around the country. Um, you know, with the family, obviously. Um, but uh, you know, I've been you know digging craft beer for a while. Um, I, I I currently work as um, you know essentially like an office manager, if you will, uh, for a company. We do uh, flood research. And so, you know, part of getting a loan, you know, for a house or something like that, or a commercial loan, um, you would uh, basically come, you know, the government requires that you have like a, it's like a 21, 26 step process. And we're one step of that process where you basically have to come to us and, and we tell the bank or or the lender, you know, if, if you're in a flood zone, you have to carry flood insurance. So, you know, super exciting stuff. Yeah. I can see why you want to get in the beer (laughs) business. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I am also from Arlington. Um, How about that? I'm, I moved farther <laughs> north in the Metroplex a few years back. Um, I live in Saginaw now. Um, I was working in mortgage for several years and um, finally got fed up with that, um, as well as felt like I was going to need some commercial brewery experience before opening our own commercial brewery. So um, I now work in a commercial brewery. Um, I work at Twin Peaks um, in Irving off 635, um, and it's it's super awesome. It's a ton of hard work, but uh, it's the most fun you could ever have while working. 
Okay, and they actually brew their own beer on site. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so we brew for all the Texas locations. So that's about 30 restaurants. Um, we brew about 7,500 barrels a year. Wow. Dang. Hmm. Yeah, all basically the same three beers. <laughs> we have a, a blonde, a, a brunette, and a, a red, which is an IPA. Nice. Well, you guys do other stuff too, right? You guys have a barrel-aged beer Yeah, we do well. a barrel-aged version of the brown. Um, and then we're just starting to do some seasonals we're actually doing a couple of collaborations with breckenridge uh this year so oh, that's nice. gonna be a lot of fun dang cool right. i know when i go to uh bj's i like to get the nutty brunette <laughs> i guess that's better than the other around yeah <laughs> you guys make the naughty brunette though right, right? yeah okay right. so there's interesting pretty close yeah i wonder about that <laughs> okay so you are currently in the process of creating your own brewery i know you've gone through a few of the the legal steps required sure. uh, just tell us about where you are in that process um so i mean we've formed our llc um just taking some of the the very first basic steps um right now the main thing we're focusing on is raising our capital um which we will need in order to borrow the insane amount of money that we're going to have to borrow to open <laughs> right. this place yeah if i had known Years ago, when I first started wanting to open a brewery, how much it actually cost, I might have been prohibited from <laughs> from following this path. Right. But, uh, but even yeah. just all the hardware, like the conicals and and everything, right? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Or? Well, so I mean, that, honestly, that's almost just kind of a small part of sure. it. I mean, yeah. you know, you're talking about equipment is probably going to be around three hundred thousand. Wow. Um, you know, build out of the space is probably going to be another couple hundred thousand. Um, you know, then you've got all your you know ingredients and chemicals and just all the different stuff that you've got to have and then just working capital to make things work for you know six months maybe while you know while things get online and you right. actually start to make money so it's uh it's it's gonna be a lot of money wow <laughs> dang how did that conversation start like how did y'all meet and it's like hey let's open up a brewery <laughs> um it, you know it, it's just one of those things where you know we've known each other for a long time um you know, I, I also live close to Saginaw now, and, um, you know, Nick was living in Arlington at the time, and then he ended up moving out closer to me, and so in, when that happened, we started hanging out a lot more, um, and, uh, you know, that love for craft beer, you know, that kind of brought us together a little bit more than, than um, you know, we thought before, and so essentially the conversation occurred, you know, a while back. And, you know, the idea, if, if I could go back, I guess, knowing what I know now, um, you know, I wish we would have started this process a little bit sooner. Um, but uh, I think we were in Portland or maybe in Oregon or something like that. We were discussing, um, you know, we were out drinking a lot of those, you know, doing the uh, the Oregon beer trail, I guess you could say out there, <laughs> um, which is pretty awesome. You know, you basically walk out from one brewery and just take a few steps and you're in another, you know, establishment that sells oh, their own beer. Man. So... Um, you know, we were out there drinking all these different beers and we were just like, you know, yeah, I, th I think I know what good beer is. Maybe I, I don't know, you know? <laughs> and so we were thinking about that and we were like, well, you know, we've been drinking a lot of beer. We should try to save some money. Um, maybe, you know, he had been kicking around the idea of starting to brew again and, you know, I, I'd never done it before. And so, uh, I was like, we should start doing that. Try to save money. Let's brew beer that we want to, we want to drink, um, you know, instead of buying other people's beer. Um, and when and was that? How many years ago? Um, that that was probably in 2013, maybe, or, or 2014. Mm, I don't know, man. 
<laughs> you drank a lot of beer back then? Yeah, I was, say, that's, that was like a long time ago. What Get, year is it? Gets a little hazy going yeah. back there. In the yeah. year 2000. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and then it, it just kind of went from there. We made beer that we liked, and, you know, the intention was never really to get the beer out there as fast as it's been going out there. Or, you know, things have just gotten really ramped up with some of these wins that we had. And so, uh, you know, it was just always, let's make beer we want to make. We have that control over the beer we're, we're going to be drinking and, uh, you know, potentially save some money. And it just kind of evolved from there. Cool. So uh, tell us about the name. How'd you come up with that? Um, man, I wish it was a better story than it is. Um, <laughs> well, he's laughing, so there's at least a story. So. <laughs> well, so there's there's four of us. You know, there's us two, and then there's our wives that are um, involved in these oh, decisions. You got, you got so, them to sign yeah. off on all this? Yeah, <laughs> right. So, it, you know, it's hard to come up with a name that pleases all four people. Not only uh, that, not only pleases, but isn't already in use by somebody yeah. else. Yeah. And that was the other, you know, deflating factor there. The name took a long time, months and months of trying to figure that out. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of came, I mean, you know, like he said, we had already known each other. We were friends ish. Um, but whenever we moved up near where they were already living, um, you know, we started to hang out more because of the, the beer bringing us together. So we, we liked that strange union, uh, moniker, you know, it just kind of seemed to fit the situation. So, we ran with that and ran some copyright searches, and it, it looks like it's clear. Um, so We haven't got a cease and assist yet. Yeah. So. Good. Dilly dilly. <laughs> uh, so tell us about why, because I know that you're looking at the uh, the near Southside location in Fort Worth for your, your permanent home. What about that area has attracted you to it? Um, that's probably where we spend most of our time if we're not at home. Um, or brewing, um, you know, just that whole vibe in that area is good. I've always been a Fort Worth person versus a Dallas person. Not that there's anything wrong with Dallas. In fact, there's tons of breweries over there, and that actually is kind of a factor on why we want to do things also on Fort Worth side of things because there's 10 times more competition over there, um, and there's only a few breweries uh, over here in Fort Worth. So. You know, we are not only do we like the area a lot and we ha- we spend a lot of time there, but uh, it, it seems ripe and ready for uh, another brewery to open its doors. Close to home yep. as well. Cool. So, yeah. If if we were to open something on the Dallas side of things, it would be a commute just like I have right now to go to work. And I'm, I'm trying to eliminate those. Exactly. Types of things. Right. So I'm guessing you, you do most of your brewing stuff on the weekends and since you both still have have current jobs exactly right yeah we brew pretty much every weekend right Mm, man it's a tough life (laughs) oh man somebody's got to do it (laughs) that's right (laughs) so how far out do you think you are from opening the doors rough estimate i'm sure (laughs) that's a tough question Yeah, yeah it is a really rough estimate because uh each step i mean right now we're at the point where there are only big steps left to take. Right. And each one of those steps is dependent on the A other previous big steps. steps. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of once the first one clicks, everything else should fall into place pretty quickly. Um, I'm hoping that we'll have our capital raised here in the next couple of months. Um, 
and that once we have our capital, then it's going to be ordering equipment, which, you know, has a few months lead time, mm-hmm. um, you know, finding our location, um, build out, which I'm sure will take six months. So um, what I've said for the last few months is if everything goes perfect, um, we'll be open by December of this year. Um, I think it's very rare that anything goes perfect. Exactly, so, <laughs> so we'll see how it all pans out. So, you know, we've, We've seen a lot of breweries. You kind of touched on that with like the Dallas side of things. We've seen a lot of breweries open up in the DFW area just recently. I, you know, I'm just interested to know what you guys think is going to just you know differentiate your yourselves and kind of you know make yourself make your brewery the one that I get you know really excited to go to. What do you guys where you know where where do you guys see your space in this kind of market? Um, I, I mean, beer wise, I think we're really keen on. Um big dark beers Um, we really love stouts a lot Um, I think that that's something that um, isn't necessarily missing in the DFW market but I don't know that there's anybody out there that's really staked their claim um, to those big bold stouts and said hey this is what we do Um, you know if this is what you're looking for and in fact you know I see people asking for it all the time maybe not as much as New England IPAs but you know, people are asking for those those stouts that are as viscous as motor oil. So, um, we we want to do something in that vein. Um, I mean, we're we're still going to have plenty of approachable stuff, um, right. but those those big dark beers are the ones we really like. Okay, and we're getting more into uh, into your beers as we're talking about that. Um, I know you're still at the stage where you're just kind of experimenting, making a bunch of different things. Right? Mm-hmm. Have you started to clue in on what? beers you think would be your staples your year rounds your flagships i think we have a a fairly good idea i mean there's still room there uh for something to maybe fill a gap or a space on the on the tap wall but um you know we have what our our oat milk stout Um, yeah we have the oatmeal milk stout which is really i think what got us excited about sure about really moving forward on stuff it it's been good since day one. I mean, the first time we brewed it, we were like, oh, wow. Who knows what your flagship, you know, your customers are going to choose your flagship, but um, right. I, I exactly. think in our mind, that's that's going to be a flagship for us. Um, but then we've got other stuff like um, uh, we've got a blonde ale. Um, that people that we really like. With, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll probably have that. Yeah. Um, we have like a rye IPA that will probably be a core beer. Um, How many are you planning on opening up with? Are you going to do a couple of big batches or a lot of really small batches? Because I've seen both of those things happen just here in in Arlington. (laughs) Sure. So um, we plan on having a 15-barrel brew house, um, although I don't know if we'll have that from day one. Um, That's another one of those things. It just kind of depends on how it shakes out. Mm -hmm. Um, I have seen uh, some other local breweries do stuff on a much, much smaller scale at the very beginning. Um, and then, you know, six months in, they're able to, you know, put a bigger system online. So that may be an option for us, but I think we're, we're probably going to have like four or five core beers and then like maybe two or three, um, more specialty beers, um, like when our doors first open, um, and then we'll just build on it from there. Um, like, uh, I, I like to use brain dead brewing as an example. Um, as you can see, I'm wearing their shirt today. Um, (laughs) But like when they first opened, you know, they only had a few of their beers on tap. But most everything else was guest taps. And then mm-hmm. I was there just a month or two ago, and every one of their like twenty or twenty five taps was you know their beers. Right. Um, so I'd like to to get there after yeah. our first year or so, just have a 
an insane amount of selection of our beers on tap. Yeah, one of our, our favorite places to go in here in Arlington is Division. And, you know, they they do small batches, but they've got like 20 beers on. Right. right. And I, there hasn't been a single time I've been in there where three or four of them at least are marked out because yeah. they're out of it. Yeah. So I, I just see that as, as being more difficult to maintain over the long term. Sure. And and that's, in my mind, that's something we're, we're hoping to avoid, mm-hmm. you know, because you do have a lot of those breweries out there that are opening up doing small batches, yeah. and you do go in and see a lot of the stuff off the off the list, the collective. You know, you'd think of them a, a little bit bigger than, you know, uh, you'd imagine, but they're brewing, I think, on a seven-barrel system over there, and so you go in, you know, expecting to see something that you really want to have, and it's sold out. You yeah. know, they got the sign up there for sold out on multiple things, mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, that's always... It's always disappointing, and so if we can avoid that, um, right. you know that's what we're trying to do. So, on with the the bigger beers. There's probably a longer aging period, also right. that would yeah, there is could oh, be yeah, a little prohibitive. Sure. Yep. Yeah, got to let it mature. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned brain dead. Do you guys have any other kind of influences in your process, or influences on kind of what sort of you guys are trying to do, like just from what you've seen out there before? I, I guarantee I have tons of influences, but I don't know if I've ever sat down and been like, you know what, this really influences me. Yeah, right, I know. It's kind of a weird one. I was just wondering if you guys have like an example in your head of what you're just trying to, you know, maybe, maybe even if it's just like an image sort of thing or if it if marketing sort of thing or if it's just like the type of beer you're trying to do. So I don't know. I, I think ultimately in the end, we're just trying to, you know, you know, make beer that we enjoy drinking and hopefully other people enjoy drinking that beer as well, you know, and, and so we just want to try to get that out to people. We definitely want to keep it relatively small so that we can have that flexibility mm-hmm. of sure. just basically being like, man, I really want to brew this today. So let's just do that. Right. Um, <laughs> and you know, as, and, and that's kind of the way I, I want to always keep it. I don't know if that's a, a sustainable business model to always stay small, but, um, you know, as you get bigger, you know, a lot of these breweries, they, they have to keep up with demand of one certain beer or two certain beers or whatever it is. And then they don't get the freedom to, you know, to go brew whatever they want. And I, I hope to never fall into that trap. <laughs> right. Cool. Well, I know we had this conversation a little bit before we started, um, you know, this podcast being kind of BJCP centered, um, going into opening your own brewery, how how much do you care about those style guidelines? <laughs> so we had to we had to make a conscious decision. We haven't entered a whole lot of competitions, um, almost due solely to that. You know, the first competition we were entering, we were like, well, this beer that we love, that's great. It doesn't fit these style guidelines, so mm-hmm. we probably don't have a great chance of winning. And I don't want to get my heart broken, uh, so. We were like, okay, are we going to aim to stay within these style guidelines or are we just going to do what we want to do? And we decided to just do what we want to do. And <laughs> hopefully people will like them. And I've actually heard that that there are a fair amount of beers that are kind of actually outside of style guidelines that do end up winning competitions sure. because – you know, the judges can recognize, you know, that they're great beers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how true that is. Um, well, that specialty category is kind of broad sometimes. So. <laughs> yeah. We've we've been to a couple of competitions. I don't think we've ever meddled or placed in anything formal, but that, we right. tend to win people's choice. Right. So we feel like that's much more important for us. Okay, yeah, um, for sure. So. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that conversation has come up on our podcast over several episodes. That, yeah. 
you know, while we focus on judging our beers based on the BGCP guidelines, just because we're home brewers and, uh, and we're both certified, but, uh, we know that breweries don't want to fit in that little box sometimes because if they make a beer that isn't a fantastic uh, German Pilsner, but it sells like hotcakes, well, then they're going to make what sells. Right. Exactly. Sure. At the end of the day, you're going to make money. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. So. Nice. Well, I look around the table and I see a bunch of empty glasses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So let's, uh, let's move on over to the tasting portion. All right. All right. Well, we're starting off with a beer that is labeled N E I P A, but it's, it's, but it's not. Those are those are scary, scary letters. <laughs> yeah. So talk for, us for the DFW area, anyway. Um, I'm. I mean, honestly, it was more um, out of our curiosity uh, to try our hand at the style, um, and even be able to to drink the style. I mean, you know. As a lot of people have been complaining lately, there's not a whole lot of representation for this style in DFW. Um, I'm certainly no beer trader or anything like that, so I, you know, I don't ever get stuff sent to me from out of state where I'd be able to try it. So we did a lot of research on you know what it would take to brew it, and then we brewed it up, and we think it came out pretty well. All right, nice. Yeah, this is definitely the trendy style going around. Oh yeah, sure. The beer sure. community. Yeah, the hazy IPA. And I'd say definitely, definitely hazy. hazy. Yep. <laughs> it's like very a, nice. Well, there we go. That's one down. Light yeah. orange, yellowish color. Kind of a banana-ish very, very color. pale, yeah. yes. <laughs> now, it's kind of interesting because mine is a little hazier than Powers's. And Travis's, yours was fairly clear before you got the bottom of um, Sawyer's bottle. <laughs> so I, I've definitely noticed, bottom. at least on what we've bottled, because uh, we don't actually normally bottle stuff, Um that has been the case. Like it, some of the stuff has kind of settled out a little yeah. bit. Um, so I, I don't think it. that that's a desirable thing. So, you know, this is our first try at the style. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. But although it doesn't do that on draft, I mean, on draft it, sure. It stays nice and hazy. Well, I could pick up the aroma just from the beer sitting on the table. Oh yeah. yeah. So it is definitely very hoppy, very citrusy. I'd say on that, on that aroma. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what you want with a New England IPA. Oh, you want yeah. that smell to basically kick you in the face. Yeah. It's really almost, juicy. <laughs> almost orange juice, but, you know, with a with a little bit of a kick right there. Yeah. So, uh, touch of floral notes, but uh, mainly touch? fruit. Yeah. No. <laughs> There's more than just a touch. <laughs> I like it, though. What hops did you use in, in this one? Um, so that has Citra, uh, Eldorado, and Mosaic. Mm-hmm. That's the word I was looking for right there. Yeah, oh, yeah. I thought I detected mosaic. I could, yeah, I could, I could pick <laughs> it up. I, I don't know why it's one of those ones that I'm sensitive to. It's growing on me. Uh, are you uh, talking about mosaic? Yeah. So I'm actually not a big mosaic fan. I think it smells and tastes like foot. Yeah. I've been wanting to use it I'm, for a while. I'm but picking up a sweaty note is, that's, is what I was... That's what I always yeah. describe <laughs> it as, too, a, a <laughs> dirty gym sock. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Dank is a term that... Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a huge following for it, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's been growing on me. I've had some more and more of that Mosaic IPA, and it's I can I can drink it now without going. Oh. <laughs> but this is it's it's pretty round. There's it's not like really strong Mosaic, but I you know you can tell that it's present. Yeah. Right. 
Well, we use equal parts of each of those hops, so they should have a pretty um, balanced representation. I could definitely tell that. Yeah, it's very, mm-hmm. very well balanced mm-hmm. between the hops. The flavor is very juicy. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get the same kind of notes in the flavor mm-hmm. as you did in the aroma. Uh, very fruity, fruity citrus. Check mark yeah. number two on the, the new one. <laughs> yeah, lots of, lots of fruit and citrus. The mosaic doesn't come through so much in the flavor. No. Mostly the aroma. Mm-hmm. You see, I, I, I'd almost venture to say I get it more on the flavor than I do the mm-hmm. aroma, but, you know, maybe that's just me. <laughs> Relatively dry finish. It's not over the top. That juiciness really helps to kind of smooth out the finish a little bit. Mm-hmm. Citrus, floral, pine, resinous, spicy, tropical fruit, stone fruit, berry, melon, etc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, saw you. You nailed it, man. Thanks. There we go. I've been studying. <laughs> I could have sworn you just said, I've been stubbying. No, not stubbying, <laughs> which I did see him yesterday, but no. Bitter mm. finish, uh, pretty yep. lingering, dry, uh, fairly crisp, fairly light-bodied, I'd say. Yeah. Not super not super full. As far as IPAs go, it's not it's not all that bitter. Yeah. It's it's pretty pretty smooth. So, you know, our intent was to keep the bittering as uh, as low as possible while still, you know, keeping the flavor of the hops. Um, it's funny because even on uh, beers that we make that, I mean, like on our stouts, you know, where we only use a couple of ounces of hops, um, when you're transferring from the brew kettle to the fermenter, it still tastes super hoppy. Mm-hmm. This beer... Um, we just had a very small amount of first word hops, a ton in the whirlpool, um, but you—I mean, there was no hop bitterness at all transferring from the fermenter to the to the, or I'm sorry, from the brew kettle to the fermenter. Um, but then after we did our first dry hop charge, I'm that—I mean, it was super bitter just because all that all that hop particulate was just floating around in the beer, right. mm-hmm. um, and I was afraid that that was going to stay um, and that that was going to be a big disappointment <laughs> because we really wanted to keep that bittering low. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, it, it you know, it, that I guess fell out um, and, you know, you can still really smell and taste those hops a lot, um, but the bittering's just not there nearly as much. When was, when was this batch brewed? Do you know? Uh, like two and a half weeks. Two, three okay, weeks. Yeah. Well, be, today's huh. Sunday, so I guess it would have been three weeks. Ago. Three weeks, yeah. Okay, that's yeah, for sure. That's um, it's yeah, fresh. That's but but done very well. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. but going back to the bittering um, aspect, that's one thing that I really like about this style. It's and we've had a lot of people who aren't you know typically an IPA drinker mm-hmm. have some of this, and it's a very approachable beer oh, yeah. Yeah. for an IPA. Was, and so that's something that I really like, and I think you know for for what we're trying to do with our brewery and the tap room. It, It'll be interesting to see if we can have some of these these on tap, um, yeah. you know. So you know, we want we want it to be approachable to everyone, you know, to enjoy drinking an IPA, not just something that's super, you know, bitter like a you know a hundred IBUs or something right. like that. That's really mm-hmm. piney and resiny, or you know, that that's for a particular group of people for sure. But you know, things like this that are approachable, I, I like that because yeah. it really introduces people to craft beer. Yeah, I was going to mm-hmm. say this is this is something. This actually reminds me of one that we had a couple weeks ago, the San Diego Pale Ale. 
um, when we did the Powers Travels episode. Mm -hmm. It has a lot of those same like citrus notes. And Anna, who we had on that episode, who's not normally like a pale ale drinker, she actually liked that one. I think she'd really like this one. So it's definitely got that approachable factor to it. Sure. Now, you were talking when um, about your, your hop additions. You did a first wort, and then the rest were Whirlpool? Yeah, everything else was Whirlpool and then dry hops. So Nothing during the boil. That's kind of hop bursting, which I, you know, I've only done that once, and I did it on my black IPA, and I, I was able to get a lot of really present hop character that way without the bitterness, and so it's, yeah. I, that's the beer you want first place with. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. Just but I'm just uh, slide that in. No, there. well, you know. But I'm just saying. Like I, I keep saying I want to try hot bursting again because I had good success with it, and this is really good too because right. the, the hot flavors are definitely present, but it's not overly bitter. So, exactly. yeah, for sure. That's it's a it's a valid <laughs> a valid thing. A lot uh-huh. of people are like, oh no, you you got to have your your sixty minute edition and your you know thirty minute edition and fifteen, ten, five, zero for an IPA. I was like, no, it's a little too much. <laughs> and honestly, the only reason we even did any first word hops was just to um, protect ourselves from boil over. Um, you know, we just wanted those acids and oils and mm-hmm. stuff in there to, to help kill the head and the boil. So um, if, if I wasn't concerned, cause we, you know, we do our boil kettle basically as full as it'll go. Um, if I wasn't concerned about that, we probably would have left those out too. Wow. Interesting. No, it's, it's very good. Yeah, there's definitely been a definitely been a change in the mindset of homebrewers uh, over the past few years. So the longest time, you know, you'd open up the Charlie Papazian book or whatever, and it would say, you know, 60 minute edition, 15 minute edition, 10, 5, and yeah. it was pretty standard. But now there's just a lot of different things. Because I'll read in in uh, brewing magazines that you know people will try first wort hopping and whirlpool hopping and uh, uh, dry hopping. So all these just different things that weren't the standard uh you know even 10 20 years right, ago right so there's been a lot of change in that I, and i like that uh i like that you're grasping onto that already uh, i did want to ask if you play around with water chemistry at all for sure on that, this particular beer for sure um we had started getting into water chemistry and then you know we took off on the bigger darker beers where we felt like it was less necessary or less you know it wasn't really giving us a ton of result um, but on this one, you kind of have to use water right. chemistry to get some of the the desired traits. Right. So, yeah, we definitely... Like, you know, pillowy, like a pillowy mouthfeel, basically. Yes. Um, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. You you want that. It's desired. You know, the juiciness, a little a little, a little slippery, mm-hmm. you know, in yeah. the mouth. Yeah. So... Do you start with reverse osmosis water and build it up completely, or... No. no we no. just go straight from the tap, Fort Worth tap water. I heard it's pretty good water. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy it. It's tasty. Yeah. All right. Well, we do a, a couple of different things with all these beers. Uh, we do our poundability rating and uh, our BJCP rating. Poundability is has nothing to do with how much we like it. It's uh, how easy is it to throw a ton of them back very quickly. So <laughs> Yeah, that started whenever we did an episode on Fest Beer. Um because we were reading the guidelines and from the, the brewmaster of Polliner, he said that he wanted to make a lighter version of the Martzen to make it more poundable. And it actually says it in the guidelines. And so we were <laughs> laughing about that, like, oh, well, well what, what's your poundability rating for this? And just kind of stuck. stuck. <laughs> I like, interesting. I like, yeah. We'll that's have so to that, adopt that's that. a guideline I can get by. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, 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 for sure. 
So yeah. I can tell you, looking at the, you know the selection that you brought, this is probably going to be the most poundable one. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. would assume so. Yeah. So it's it's well, dangerous for sure. writing. <laughs> Pumpkin beer. Episode. I'd probably give this one like an eight out of ten. Yeah, see, this one's tricky because it has some really intense hot flavors and aromas, and you got that juiciness. But it's smooth with the softer mouthfeel, yeah. um, which is which is true to the style. That makes it a little easier to pound. So I'd, I'd probably go the seven. We didn't ask what the ABV on this was. Yeah, I was going to wait to get everybody's <laughs> opinions before we said that because it's a it's a tricky one. So this one's, you know, if anybody wants to go first before I say, this one's actually 7.6%. Wow. Oh, dang. It hides it very well. Yeah. It oh, yeah. really does. I was thinking like, you know, low fives. Yeah. And you that's what, what it drinks like. It drinks right. like a sessionable beer, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you a poundability to match your ABV on that because it is... <laughs> Very like, nice. Yeah, seven point six. I can do that for sure. Cool. <laughs> I'm gonna side with sample here. I'm gonna say nine. Oh, I said eight. <laughs> he said I know, eight, yeah. but in a higher range. He's ranges. already drunk. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah, and for the BJCP, this one, since there's not an actual uh, NEIPA category yet, um, it has been discussed in adding in future guidelines. But this one will be entered as a, a 21B specialty IPA mm-hmm, yeah. as a New England IPA. But I mean, all the things that you're looking for, um, especially the water chemistry, that's why I asked, I read an article about it a few months ago, and they really stressed water chemistry is key for this style, more so than others. And uh, I think you guys really nailed it on this one. Thank so, you. Awesome. Yeah, Thank I, you I put this much. at a probably 40, 41. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing right there, 40, 41. Yeah, and the excellent. Yeah. Very nice. World I'll take it. Range. Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. I like it. I'd, buy, really I'd buy this one for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, December 2018. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yeah. We'd love to sell it to you. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, What's anything next? else on this one? Oh, sorry. No. What's next? Well, next we're going to try the wheat wine. So why don't you tell I'm us? I'm glad you asked. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, Courtney. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the wheat wine? Um, so we made the wheat wine because. Um, I personally am not a huge barley wine fan, um, but I had had a wheat wine, and I was like, oh, that was actually pretty good, so maybe we'll try that instead of a barley wine. Um, cool story. I mean, <laughs> hey, sometimes the simple ones work. So, yep. so uh, we just jumped right in. Um, I think we already have a few tweaks to this recipe that we're going to implement, sure. but yep. I, in, in the end, I think we're still very happy with how this one came out. Yeah. Now we haven't done a wheat wine no. episode because they're kind of hard to find around here. Well, and I think we're about to do a rye wine, which is probably even oh. harder to. Oh my find. gosh! Wow! Rye whiskey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, RAR has done a wheat wine, but it was one of their the anniversary, uh, anniversary beers, yeah. and so it, it's not coming back. And other than that, I mean, you see some from seasonals, but yeah, it's not very common. So. Uh, even though we're not judging these against the BJCP, <laughs> we will go ahead and read a little, a little bit of the guidelines. Refresher. Yeah, so the overall impression for a wheat wine is category 22D, a richly textured high-alcohol sipping beer with a significant grainy, bready flavor and sleek body. The emphasis is first on the bready, weedy flavors with interesting complexity for malt, hops, fruity yeast character, and alcohol complexity. And the word that sticks out there that they've said multiple times is complexity. complexity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, explain a little bit about the difference between a wheat wine and a regular wheat beer. How's the process different? Uh, 
I'm not even sure about technicalities. We just uh, made a huge beer with a bunch of wheat. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great plan. (laughs) I think, I think with the wheat wine, it's mostly about the ABV, right? It's just, it's just a higher ABV and then some of the complexity of the malts, right? So that's going to be a little bit different from a traditional like Hefeweizen or something like that. Style comparison, more than a simply or more than simply a wheat based barley wine. Many versions have very expressive fruity and hoppy notes while others develop complexity through oak aging. Less emphasis on the hops than American barley wine has roots in American wheat beer rather than any German wheat styles, so should not have any German Weissen yeast character. Uh, vital statistics. OG 1080 to 1120. My gosh. <laughs> IBU 30 to 60. Final gravity 1016 to 1030. SRM 8 to 15. ABV 8 to 12. Where does this one fall? It's... I'd ten, have to look it up, but I it's somewhere it's in the ten, ten something. Range. Oh, so you're right up. there in the right in ten, the middle. Maybe like ten four. All right, <laughs> ten four. I'll go buy it. I'll go ball volume. God, that one. <laughs> nice dark orange color, uh, off white head. Hazy. It's it's ten three. Okay. okay. Yeah, hazy appearance, uh, bubbly beige off white head. We nice. were going to call this one a New England IPA as well. <laughs> oh, okay. <That's> <laughs> oh, the haters are coming out again. <laughs> Getting a little bit of that like banana you're going to get from a, from any wheat, like just you know a little bit. Not a very super strong aroma, I'd say. It's a little cold. Um, yeah, I'm not getting a whole lot. I'm going to try and warm up a little bit. Yeah. Get some more so aroma. we generally try to keep sure. our IBUs super low on these big dark beers. Um, I know a lot of the uh, American styles, they are pretty hoppy, um, but you know we're, we're not necessarily a big fan of that in these bigger beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's more reserved in my mind for you know a barley wine. You know, that's where you're going to get a little bit more of the hops. Yeah, the aroma I'm picking up is like a sweet syrupy note. Um, definitely malt yeah. forward. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of cracker. I don't want to say as much as toast, but like bread crust maybe. Okay. Crackery note. But it, it. it's not toasty. No. I don't know. It's it's hard to... It's kind of in between the two, I guess. Get some alcohol in the aroma too. Yeah, a little bit. What about mm-hmm. biscuits? I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, not sure about that. Maybe potato chips. Mm-hmm. I think something that surprised me um, for this beer was um, how estery it was. Like, there's mm-hmm. there's a fruitiness to it, which I didn't expect at all. But I actually like it. I think it suits it pretty well. Definitely helps it out a little bit, for sure. Did you use an American wheat strain? Mm-hmm. No. We used just, um, just Chico strain mm-hmm. yeast. Yeah, flavor I'm pulling. Uh, some of the esters that you're talking about, um, the fruitiness, which... Uh, I think it it probably adds that in the guidelines. We didn't get to the flavor portion. It I I think it's uh, allowed to be in there, but you want it in the smaller. You want it to take a back seat to to the beer for sure. To the flavor. Uh, let's see, flavor moderate to moderately high fruitiness, often with a dried mm. fruit character. But that's that's after they talk about the malt and hop character. Uh, balance therefore ranges from malty to evenly balanced. Should not be syrupy and under attenuated. I don't think it is. Um, supportive oak character is welcome but not required. Yeah, I, I definitely get the the ester character. I think it works well with this. 
that that was something that I think a lot of people have come to the conclusion of that you know it's one of the notes that people hit on a lot is you know mm-hmm. there's a little bit of fruitiness in there you know and and it's always like well what did you guys do to 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 get that to come out and it's it's just yeast you know it's just the yeast I I because I'm sitting here trying to figure there's something else that I'm getting to like a more specific fruit. And I think it's closer to like a fig or a date. Very nice. Than something like a prune or raisin or something else. But it's it's more like I. It's, it took me a long time, but I think I finally figured it out. So that's that, there. It's that's definitely there one on of the purpose. malts. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely one okay. of the malts that we used. Yes, yeah, specifically okay. for that. There we go. Nice job then. Yeah, yeah, nice job <laughs> finding that. Yeah, it's very nice. That's surprising for sure. Luxurious. It's good. I like it. Thank it's you. not. Thank it's you not overly sweet. It's not cloying. It's pretty well balanced. Yeah, um, kind of slick. And I think that's why I don't care for the barley wines as much because I feel like they're sweeter, um, okay. more syrupy, um, and hoppier. So, uh, yeah, and so I, I preferred. You know, like I said, the wheat wine that I tried that kind of made me think, oh, well, maybe I should do this. And then when we did it, uh, you know, it turned out pretty well. I, I like I said, I think we're already going to do some small tweaks, but. I'm still happy with where this one turned out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of right there. I, I do prefer the English barley wine to the American one because it's not as hoppy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I haven't had a whole lot of wheat wines. A couple of you know homebrew examples that we've had at Christmas parties, people will bring them out or whatever. But yeah, um, accidentally, yeah. <laughs> but this is good. I, I like this, and it the the heat yeah. is it's warming, but it's not. It's over the top. It's complimentary, I'd say. Yeah. I'd say heat. the heat is complimentary. Yeah. Right. It's it, it's not heat. It's just a nice warming, warming. touch. Yeah. I don't even get that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> this could be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> it does finish a little dry. Mm-hmm. Um, just a wee bit. Do you happen to remember offhand fermentation temperature for this one? Um, I can basically guarantee the bulk of it was at 68 Okay. Um, I I generally have the same fermentation schedule for everything we do. The the New England IPA was a little bit different, but uh, we'll do it for sixty eight for you know two thirds to three quarters of the uh, fermentation, and then we'll gradually raise it up to seventy to finish it off. Um, Then knock it back down to sixty eight for a few days to you know clean up the diacetyl and then crash it. Did you repitch? in secondary to help kind of finish it out or did it do pretty well by itself did well so we have had to repitch in a couple of beers i don't this wasn't think one this of them. was one no. of them okay yeah That's, there was there was the denali beer was uh you know one that we had to go back and 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 mess with a little bit and i know we haven't talked about that <laughs> very much on the show but yeah the that ipa that uh smash that we did we had to go never back speak and, of that again <laughs> we went back and repitched that one um after we had already kegged it because it was fusily. We didn't like what it turned out, you know, something turned out in there. And, uh, it was a little bit of an experiment. I'm kind of like on the scientific end of things. And so I like to mess around with some stuff. And so I ended up uh, pulling the kegs, um, and rigging some stuff up. Uh, we kept them at, uh, probably around 65, 60 something degrees like that. Um, and, uh, repitched some active yeast into there you know, cooled them back down, threw away the first few pints, and uh, lo and behold, the fusel was gone. So, mm-hmm. How long has this one aged? 
man, asking me all these questions. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. Um, it's I want to say this one months. was about uh, four or five brews back. And so we we were brewing every other week for a little bit there uh, at the end of December. So it's probably at least a month and a half, maybe two at months. Least, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would be curious to see this uh, done a few different ways also as you're experimenting. Um, so one, just having it aged a lot longer sure. and to see just kind of what, what falls off and what develops. It's usually where the more complex notes start exactly. coming through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also seeing it if, if you did it again and then ferment it maybe two or three degrees cooler um, to bring down some of the esters and see what, what happens. Cause I'm getting definitely getting the esters and then uh, the, the warmth is getting more pronounced as it warms up also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I'd like to see just how it changes. So if, <clears throat> if you're looking for suggestions sure. or comments or whatever, right. Sure. Then, yeah. Uh, and that's something we're, we're getting into a little bit more of is the bottling, you know, having this stuff on kegs and taking it out for people to sample and, and drink. Mm-hmm. It doesn't stick around very long. You know, ideally we want a beer to age for at least, at least a month. Um, before you're giving it out and even then with the big dark beers it's it's still pretty green yeah um, and and so you know bottling things um you know is something that we're just starting to really get into um you know just for the the ease of giving out smaller sample sizes to people so more people can try them um, that's going to give us a little bit more control over you know aging things for longer so keeping track of you know how long has this uh, stout been sitting in there has it been in there for a month two months three months and so essentially what we want to try to hammer out is some of the shelf life aspects of what we're trying to do. So, um, you know, to see how good the packaging is, to see how long we can prolong uh, the, the shelf life of mm-hmm. a particular beer style, how long is that New England IPA going to sit on the shelf and still be the, the product that we want, um, that yeah. kind of thing. And so, you know, I, you know, these are things that I think of, um, and that's probably more along the lines of the distribution and marketing kind of aspect of, of what that is, and it's further on down the road. Um, but it'll definitely play into the tap room. You know, how long are we going to keep a particular beer in cold storage? Um, you know, if we have a New England IPA or something like that, we may want to get that out as quickly as possible right. versus like a stout, like which we're hoping to be known for some of those bigger bigger beers. Um, you know, that might sit around in there for months, months and months, maybe even longer. You know? For sure. Now, Travis, correct me if I'm wrong. I think we've had one wheat wine on an episode at some point, I think it was our barrel age because I remember it being a barrel aged wheat wine and it was an unused, like it wasn't like a, a bourbon barrel or anything like that. It was just a plain barrel aged. And a lot of those vanilla notes came through from the wood and it kind of added a, a another sweet note to it to add some complexity. It's like an oak age. Just yeah, basically. just plain yeah. oak age. So sure. added some vanilla to it and kind of, you know, made it a tad bit sweeter, but you still had, you know, the, the malt character in there. Sure. Um, what was that? I'm try- oh, I am can't. This beer would be a prime candidate for experimenting with barrel aging. Oh, yeah. Because I know you've sure. done some of that already. Yep. For sure. And it, you know, gives you another vessel to age it in. Yeah. <laughs> so it can sit longer. Exactly. For sure. So what's your poundability <laughs> rating on this one, huh? <laughs> 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 Whew. Uh, huh. Jeez. Seven. Seven, <laughs> very gracious, Sawyer. That is Thank gracious. You, sir. No, I mean I don't get any of the heat or the warming you guys you guys are talking about. So okay, I, you know, it makes it pretty easy to drink. I saw you guys comparing over there. Was there? Did you feel like there was a difference between the glasses? No, I was something? I was trying to figure out what that 
aroma and flavor what i was i was picking up yeah. like the darker turned, fruit yeah and right. and so i was just because we had different bottles and i just wanted to see but it, it yeah. smelled the same um it took me a minute but i finally oh that's what it is palm. <laughs> no <laughs> not palm chip. copious amounts of passion fruit <laughs> <laughs> i um, think i'll go with a four on this one yeah between the the warming and the sweet kind of backbone there i was thinking about five so right there right there with you yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna split the difference between you two and say (laughs) (laughs) 4.5 i do that a lot don't i yeah you do (laughs) now not having a whole lot of experience with wheat wine it'd be kind of hard for me to give an accurate bjcp rating but based on what travis read this fits most of those you know check boxes so i'd probably say high 30s at least that's kind of what i was thinking that mm. it's a it's a good example that hits all the check boxes. Uh, probably could use some tweaking, which I mean mm-hmm. you already plan on doing. Yeah, that, right. I, that's going back to the complexity thing. It's kind of missing that wow factor that uh, that usually whenever the BJCP is talking about complex this, complex that, it's like it's it's missing that extra piece. You know what I mean? It's kind of the intangible. But I mean, I think it's a great start. I like I said, I don't have a whole lot of experience with wheat wine, but it's it's very flavorful, and um, I think it's pretty good. Right on, thank you. Yeah, there's definitely a need for it in the DFW market. Oh, if yeah, we've sure, only had yeah. like one or two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would totally yeah. buy this. <laughs> All right, anything else on this one? What's what? next? Well, yeah. uh, this one. What? 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 what was that me? <laughs> well, yeah. uh, this one. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> I think that was me, wasn't it? Yeah, that was. Yeah, this oh, next no. one is labeled O A W H, so I'm going to assume that stands for Order the Arrow White House. <laughs> that's actually <laughs> kind of an odd name. Absolutely correct. Yeah. That's that's it. <laughs> Good guess, Travis. <laughs> so this is our uh, oak aged wee heavy. Oh, we call this right. Bonnie Bra. Bonnie Bra. Ooh. Like some Scottish slang. Some 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 <laughs> Scottish slang. Okay. <laughs> Come on, bro. I can dig it. <laughs> mm, smells great. Uh, but first. Let me take a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> this one's hazy too. The is first this another taste New England IPA. <laughs> I got the top pour and mine is fairly clear. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this one's uh aged on oak bourbon soaked oak chips, which I think is what is creating that the haze, haze in the bottom part. Yep. Of the right. Yeah. Okay, walk us through your aging process then. With Very the crude. Um, yeah, man, we just took some oak chips, um, put them in a muslin bag, soaked them in... Well, actually, we just soaked them in bourbon and then poured those out into a muslin bag. Um, threw that in the keg as we were kegging it. Um, let it sit in there uncarbonated for... I think it was two weeks. One, yeah, on this one, I think we let it set for two weeks. Okay. Um, then we just jumped it over to a, a fresh keg to to get it off those oak chips, so it didn't go too overboard. Right. For sure. Okay. Cool. Is our first foray into uh, aging on oak? So yeah. So mine. This one. Um, so we decided to go one hundred percent European malt, Golden Promise yeah. as our base malt, which ended up making it incredibly sweet. Mm-hmm. Um. So the aging on the oak chips really helped that out, but uh, we're still going to dial it way back next time. Yeah. Um, I, I actually okay. like it. So we just did a uh, side-by-side with um, Backwoods Bastard, which is a beer that I really like. Um, 
and I actually yeah. ended up liking yeah. this one a little bit better. And it's hard I to say it you do you do a tasting against another beer, but yeah, you, it's your baby, right? So, you right. know, <laughs> you're a little partial, but sure. we try to remain as impartial as, as possible when we're doing those types of things. But uh, in the end, um, and again, this one's only a couple months old as well. Um, I, I think mm. the aging has really helped this out. Um, when we first were drinking it, it was like, you know, it was not something that we were really enjoying. We were already thinking up ways we could, um, you know, manipulate the uh, the recipe to, to get it down to something that we thought was going to be delicious. But what's interesting is when he said we were going to change the recipe, and, and we are, um, to experiment a little bit with it. Um, again, being that this is a first run, uh, there's probably people out there that are going to listen to this podcast and cry. <laughs> We've had a, actually a really good response. Like a lot of people are like, you know, I'm always like, hey, you know, be careful. It's really sweet. And people drink it and they're like, oh man, this is so good. And I'm like, <laughs> really? I feel like it's a little sweet. I can tell you off the, uh, the aroma, I definitely get a nice, I mean, this is probably from the oak aging. It's a nice vanilla characteristic. I'd say that's probably the strongest aroma i get coming through right yeah i'm I'm getting a little bit of that but the the bourbon is definitely present mm-hmm. well you're also very sensitive to whiskey flavors right now i'm sure with all the whiskey you've been drinking well that and, and <laughs> bourbon barrel aged things have never really been one of the things i enjoyed because i didn't like bourbon and they tend to really overpower the base beer sure. um i really like 1050 Oscar, yeah. it's one of my favorite, you know, really dark, thick motor oil stouts. I didn't like the barrel aged version. I just didn't like it. Um, but now that I've been trying to drink more whiskey and trying to get my sure. flavor profile, you know, more depth, I guess um, these the the bourbon barrel aged beers are kind of right. starting to grow on me a little bit, kind of like the mosaic hops. Right. Um, but this one, yeah, I do get some of the vanilla notes, but the, the bourbon de- character is definitely there, but I still taste the maltiness and the sweetness of the base beer. So that's that's definitely a positive. And that was one of the things we were trying to a- a- achieve. And, and with the Russian Imperial Stout, we tried a little bit of oak a- aging as well, and we were concerned we might go a little bit too long with the two weeks. So that one we only did a week. Um, it may not have been enough. But, uh, yeah, barrel aging, it's a slippery slope. You oh, know, yeah, and, sure. and that's the thing. You got to find that balance uh, between do you really want the the barreling to overtake some of the beer characteristics and like what you're talking about? You know, there's a lot of beers out there when they barrel age something, they want it to be barrel aged. Right. Um, right. And they want that stuff to come through. So how much wood is too much wood? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the uh, the guidelines uh, state a harmonious marriage. Right. Whenever you're looking at a barrel aged style between the character from the wood or the previous alcohol that was in there and the base style of the beer. Sure. Um, and in in the aroma, the first and foremost, I'm getting the barrel character, the vanilla, yeah. the oak and bourbon for sure. And so the, the wee heavy notes aren't coming out in the aroma. They do in the flavor. And that's, uh, that's, that's nice. I, I like the, uh, the sweetness because from a wee heavy, you want like the, Caramel, caramel rich, right? Yeah. Richness of the malt, toasty, right. bready. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not getting any of the, uh, and <laughs> this goes back to a conversation I had with somebody in our BJCP class about Scottish beers having a smoked or peated character. So, so you're that, shaking your head. So I'm <laughs> guessing you didn't add any smoke or peat. No, so we didn't. Um, 
But what I was going to say about the um, bourbon aspect of this is the bourbon that we used for this was cask strength straight out of um, Heaven Hill barrels because that's what we use to barrel age our brown at Twin Peaks. Okay. So when we got fresh barrels in, some of them still had some whiskey in them. Uh-huh. So we dumped that out. There's a bunch of char in that, though. So we right. had to run it through coffee filters. But it's like 120 proof, um, and it's still very. It, you can still taste the char a lot in that mm-hmm. bourbon, um, and I, I maybe it's just because I know that that's there. I can get that a little bit in there, but we definitely didn't use any the, any peat. Yeah, in my mind, anything. I feel like that's um, um, almost like a misnomer. It's like you know people expect to drink a a, a Scottish beer and they expect it to be smoky or a little peaty or something like that and i i feel like that you know i've had a beer recently that was like that made by a texas brewery um and it it was a little off-putting for me yeah and so you know in my mind if if any character like that um is supposed to be imparted to these beers i feel like it shouldn't come from adding anything in like that exactly i think it's supposed to come naturally from the barreling and, and that's yeah. my opinion. Well, when you're when you're looking at Scottish beers, and historically they were brewed from stream water, mm-hmm. and the peated yep. character came from the stones in the river that had peat on them, okay. or they used the peat to actually uh, fuel the fire they used to dry their malt whenever they were brewing their, you know, making their beer way back when. Obviously, we don't do it that way anymore. Okay. But the 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 peated smoked character should come from the source water. And obviously we don't have that here, so people try to recreate that in a way that's not natural, i.e. being peated malt or smoked yeah, malt right. or something. It's always too much. Right, and it's real easy to overdo it. So, you know, there's kind of a, a, a joke when you're talking about, like, sour beers and stuff that people will, like, wave the hops over the top of it just to say that the hops were near the beer, but you don't actually <laughs> put the hops in it. And I think it's kind of the same idea. When you're doing something like a Scottish beer, you need to be very careful with the peated whatever it is that you use. And it's kind of refreshing to have a uh, a Scottish base beer that's not way over the top with that. Yeah. So. And that was definitely one of the things when we first out when we set out to make this beer, it was right on top of the list. We're not doing that. We're not adding any kind of you know peat or anything like that. So, or like you know any additional smoke characteristics right. to the beer. We were just going to let the beer speak for itself. And so, does a pretty good job of that too. Yeah, I think um, you know it's definitely a. Uh, I mean, it's definitely with the ABV being what you guys said it was. It's definitely got that characteristic, but it doesn't overpower everything as much as i would expect it to be an 11 percent beer um which is kind of interesting because i i picked up more warming on the wheat wine than yeah on this right. one as do i yeah i'd say that for sure so it hides it really well yeah um this is very i mean you know i i, I definitely get those barrel aged characteristics probably more than anything in the profile but it's still pretty reasonably balanced uh, i can definitely tell that this is you know, a Scottish-inspired wee heavy beer, which is, you know, really nice. I've only had a couple of these in the past, and, you know, it's definitely a style I'd like to explore a little bit more. So I'm not, you know, sure what it's supposed to taste like, but, you know, let me tell you, it is <laughs> it is very nice. I really like it. Thank you. Right on. Thank mm-hmm. you. But it ended up tasting great. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it would. Just what? sum that up. <laughs> yeah, so uh, tell me about the base style. Um, 
the wee heavy because we we've done a few Scottish beers together, and one time we brewed it where you took a portion out of the out of the mash, and then you uh, basically boiled it down just to the caramel, the and caramel. then added that back in. Yep. Yeah, other kettle times, caramelization. Other times sure. we've done uh, haven't used that style, but uh, <clears throat> what did y'all do? So we brew on an electric um, brewery, which makes that. I mean, unless you literally take it out and boil it down, which mm-hmm. we did, um, <laughs> you don't get that kind of caramelization. So that's right. why we did it. You know, you're yeah. in good company. Then. Um, yeah. I like <laughs> yeah. brewer. Yeah. <laughs> so um, and and honestly, it was awesome. I, I will never forget that smell in my house of those first runnings being boiled down. We took the first gallon down to probably about a quarter of a gallon. Wow. Um, and then um, I mean, it was. It was thick syrup. Are we it talking was, like out of a five-gallon batch? Uh, uh, t- well, we do 12-gallon batches. Okay, okay. Um, and uh, it, I mean, the house just smelled amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can I can say, um, you know, in doing that process, because it was up in the air and if it was something that we were going to do or not, um, but in the end, I think I'm happy with how it turned out because you do get some of those notes from from pulling those first runnings and boiling those down. Um, on this beer yeah on that note has anybody ever done a beer candle i think i'd like to you know just like hearing a, you a beer scented candle like a like like you know <laughs> so, so, something that makes the house smell like that i don't know it just i'm just like i want to experience that can we can we get that in candle form so that i can do that Actually, you know we've talked about that because every time we we mash in we're like oh, oh yeah smells so good it's the best. <laughs> somebody should make this into a cologne this tastes like hobby lobby <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I you know the the beer that Travis was talking about, we did um, what we called the Maverick Mash. That was a little competition between the two of us and you know a couple of other of our friends. We drew a style out of the BJCP out of a hat, and we all brewed that beer, and none of us tasted our beer. And then we did a blind tasting uh, at the the event. Right and um, like we just didn't taste it at any time during no. the process. Yeah. So we oh. had no idea which one was our beer. That's interesting. And then we rated everybody. Just said, okay, here's my favorite one: number one, number four, number you know whatever. And it was really interesting because we all had the same style that we were supposed to brew. We all had our own different methods and our own different recipes and everything. And it was truly blind because none of us tasted our beer. So we had no idea which one was ours. So mm-hmm. we could be brutally honest with it. And we got so many different variations of it. Um, I think our buddy Fratto actually did a wee heavy. And I think I did like an 80 shilling. I think you did like a 70 shilling maybe. Um, with smoke malt. <laughs> yeah. So it was... And it, we and it was a parent. It's like, oh, yeah. somebody used smoke malt. What the hell? <laughs> uh, but I did the kettle caramelization. I took out like a quart, I think, and, you know, boiled it down on the stove to like sugary mess and actually burnt the bottom of my uh, quart saucepan. Uh, it's The markings are still there. And that was years ago. But it was a, a very interesting experiment to, to try that kettle caramelization because I do brew on an electric system. And I know what you're saying. Like, you can't get that character yeah, unless right. you pull it off. If yep. you've got, you know, a propane burner, just crank that sucker up and let it kind of sit at the bottom and, and you will you can get some of those notes that way. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm picking up some of the, the caramelization for sure in this one. It's very... I, this is complex. Yeah. <laughs> this is complex, for sure. It does remind me of the lumber section of Home Depot. 
I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's always nice walking through there, but you, yeah. you definitely get that same kind of feeling. Um, so I, personally, I, I'd like the wood character to be dialed back just a bit to kind of bring bring it in line with, with the good complexity notes that you have from the Wii Heavy. Uh, but other than that, this is this is um, yeah probably one of my favorites of the day so far. That's and I, I, nice. I do agree with what you were saying about it being pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, well, if you think this is sweet, you should have tried well, the was, one that we didn't oak age at all. Um, and that was super green. Um, right. But I mean, it was yeah, it was just unenjoyable. I was about to say, I would have been interested to taste the first the first one to kind of compare the two. Because mm. you did mention that the barrel age kind of dialed it back a little bit. Um, which is interesting. I think it just, it just kind of cut it a little bit. You know, it's okay. still there, but it's cut with that... Um, that bourbony, you know, yeah. flavor. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one time we went to Hot Fusion and we tried their, their feisty blonde, which is, has a lot of intense characters on its own. And then I don't like we tried beer. the feisty <laughs> redhead, which is the same beer cut with some other things. I don't like that one either. Like cranberry or. <laughs> no, it's cherry because it tastes like cough syrup right. to me. Cherry. And <laughs> so you I had to remember that one. All these more are adding additional flavors into it. Yeah. And so the. The initial character is brought down a little bit, but you also have right. more things to look at. And you have to be real careful when you add like, you know, six, seven, eight different flavor profiles. Like look at Martin House's Kafka-esque. <laughs> it has like, even on the label, it has like 10 different things listed. And it's like, what what were you <laughs> thinking? Like, but it strangely works. Yeah. It's weird. It is kind of strange. I'm, I'm interested to try the newest batch that's coming out soon. But the last one that I had, which I don't think was last year or anything, but uh, it was a little overly smoky for me. Which one? The Kafka S. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't have it last year. I think when we had it on the podcast, it was a year and a half ago. Like last winter or oh, two winters ago. We maybe? had that on the podcast? Yeah, we did. So the only time I remember having it was at Trinity River Tap House, which is now closed. So that was <laughs> a long time ago. But anyway, I, you can do too much. For sure, um, sure. and yep. I think that's kind of where we're going with the the hot fusion thing. But I think this one's pretty pretty well balanced. Um, I I agree with Travis. Maybe the you know the the wood character dial back not a whole lot. You said it was on two weeks. Yeah, maybe like a week and a half. Yeah, and then you know like you were saying, bring the the sweetness level down a little bit. Kind of yeah. let the the caramel note come through more, and then it would be spot on. I yeah. Think. yeah, I think I think in the end, the ultimate goal is always to get. Before you do anything to a beer, you want that base to be real solid, right? Yeah, and um, you know that's that's where we're at right now. And and with the eight with the oak aging, it like you said, it's it, it's been a little bit of an experimentation because we haven't done it before, right? You know, so it was like, what are we going to do? How long do we do it for? I pushed them for two weeks on this one because I felt like that was what was necessary. And when when you first took a sip of that beer after we took it out, it tasted like you were drinking a glass of bourbon. Wow. Um, and so it has aged nicely. Like right. the malts have come back in mm-hmm. and, you know, everything's really balanced out and became a little bit more harmonious. Um, but, you know, with like the Russian Imperial Oak Aged, he was he was very scared of that one. He didn't want to ruin anything. And so he was like, <laughs> I'm pulling it out at a week. And, you know, come to find out, I think now maybe it wasn't enough time. So maybe yeah. that week and a half might be the sweet spot. Now, and Travis has done a lot more experimenting with wood. We've all got wood than anybody else. <laughs> um, 
And it's kind of interesting. He'll take those one gallon Carlo Rossi jugs. You know, we use those for you know a lot of different things. The moonshine jug. Yeah. So he'll he'll brew a five gallon batch and then fill those with different. You know, this one's got cocoa nibs. This one's got bourbon oak. This one's got plain oak. And right. use the same base beer and just taste all of them to kind of see how that character changes it. And I, I've been pretty impressed with some of the different combinations. Some of them work better than others. But, you know, that's that's the whole point of experimenting. And, right. and I think those splitting it out that way, that way you've got the exact same base beer. Sure. And you can see exactly how those things uh, alter it. It's been pretty... Uh, educational anyway yeah i did a chardonnay oak imperial stout one year <laughs> mm. I, I wouldn't suggest that one. <laughs> i that's one of the few beers that i retired on untapped <laughs> oh ne- never to do again oh, man. all right we got there <laughs> um mm. less than the wheat wine yeah, I was gonna say the, four. The oak character. I gave the wheat yeah. wine a four, so this got to be a three. Yeah, mm-hmm. understandably so. I'm yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna match Travis this time. I'm gonna say three. Yeah. yeah. Now for BJCP, this would be entered as a specialty oak or right. wood aged. Yeah, it'd be a yes. wood aged beer, but um, you'd claim the um, the base style of a wheat yeah. heavy. Yeah. And you've got. All the all the characters that you're looking for, just the harmonious balance would would be the one thing that uh, that I would dock it on. Yeah, I'd probably say 35, 36. I was gonna say the same thing, thirty-five. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. all right, cool, nice. I'm interested to get into some of these stouts because right. that's that's oh, what yeah. you've been talking up the whole time. Uh, well, award-winning stout. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's, let's, I will say this. Hold uh, on, here come the preface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, all the qualifiers. Uh, um, <laughs> Legal our, disclaimers. Yeah. So, well, our, our main um, oatmeal milk stout, we don't have. We have like a variant oh. of it here. I actually like this one quite a bit. It's just not the base beer. Right. All right. That's really That's all fair. I was going to say. Oh. <laughs> all right. Well, before we introduce our next one, we do want to take a moment and... Um, Thank one of our recent sponsors. Bruce Styles, brought to you by Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for bringing us up. If you will. Oh, that's, that's where you need that wood on wood drop, right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, so I'm really excited to get into the, the darker beers because y'all have been talking uh, about like this crazy. Next one. <laughs> yes, thanks, thanks, Sawyer. <laughs> Uh, I, I sample sample. Don't even try holding up to the light. You I can't, can't get tell it you if it's hazy yeah. or not. <laughs> what is this next one? This is our. This is a chocolate version of our oatmeal milk stout that we aged on cocoa nibs. Fantastic. Okay. And this is one of the ones that is potentially an award-winning beer for you, right? So um, tell the, us that story. Yeah the the oat milk. Is it's a staple. I mean, it's one that we've had at all the events that we've poured. Um, uh, it's it's very popular. It's I, it's my favorite. I think it's probably one of Danny's as well. We don't know because he's currently drinking. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. He's admiring it. It's, yeah, I was in my yeah. own little world there for a minute. But you guys got an award from the. Uh, it was the, the, uh, what's it called? The Deep Ellum. True love, deep love, something uh, love. Labor, uh, lab, of love. Labor, labor of love. Labor of love. Labor of love. Yeah, so we, yes. we won People's Choice at Deep Ellum Labor of Love. Okay. Okay. Which is supposed to entitle us to brew a batch of beer with them this year. 
Um, and they're supposed to have their 60 barrel brew house up and running by then. So they told wow. us it would be a 60 barrel batch of beer. Nice. Yeah. You're still waiting to hear from them on that? Yeah. So we haven't actually communicated with them since the um, competition. They're hoping I, you forgot. I'm, I mean, <laughs> it, you know. How could you forget us? That uh, would be weird. Um because I know it's something that they promote a lot. Yeah, so usually I have to assume they'll uh, you know come through on that. The, the idea I think behind it is um, you know the winner comes back for the following year, and so they brew I think to promote Labor of Love maybe a month or so, like we're going to brew a month or so before that happens. They're going to get the beer out there, and then they're going to supposedly have our beer or whatever we brew on on tap at Labor of Love okay. for people to drink. And nice. I think that's the idea. Um, okay. in, in actuality, does it work that way? I don't know. But okay. uh, we're just kind of waiting to you know. Was it something see. they're going to distribute once it's brought? Yes. I mean, it's, so okay. it's going to be a, a 60-barrel system, uh, so 120 kegs uh, going out throughout the Metroplex. So. I know I've seen the Labor of Love beers out around DFW in the past. I don't remember seeing last year's winner. Right, and so they may have changed so that up. I'm, I'm, again, we haven't talked to them about it at all. So now I'm assuming that you did that contest before you started the process for opening up a professional brewery. <laughs> that was the first that actual was, yeah, competition, that was the first competition we, we entered. Yeah, oh, okay. Very um, first. Wow. But I'll say this: there were there, there were multiple breweries out there that were already yep. in the process of I think opening three like, or four like steam theory. Like they already had their equipment order. They already had their space. They started build out and all that stuff. Okay. So, wow. um, who was the other one? Um, there was one, one with uh, an M West, um, Westward eight Westward eight's there? open now. Yeah, for sure. Now he took several gold medals. Uh, I believe at, at he had a really had four IPA. He had four. I mean, I it believe. was, I'm not gonna lie. It so he he opened his best IPAs. I've he, he opened wow. his location mm-hmm. in Weatherford, I believe, is where he's actually at. Okay. So, okay. Um, and then there was Moss Nicks, right? Oh, yeah. And Moss so they're Nicks. they're not you know they contract brew, and so they're widely available at various locations as well. So they were out there. I don't think they contract brew. I think they just do collaborations. With, do they? I thought yeah. they were contract brewing with Cobra. I, I don't know that it's Cobra anymore. I think they've yeah they changed their name changed, recently. Yeah. Rebranded Old Town or something like that. Yeah, huh? But uh, anyways, are there any events coming up that our listeners can taste your beer at? Um, that you know, we're kicking around the idea. There's one for sure. Uh, the the Blue Bonnet Festival. We're going to be out there pouring. Um, oh, you great! Know, and so we're going to have our base oat milk stout out there for sure. Uh, we're hoping to have one of these uh, IPAs that we just recently made. Um, out there as well quote unquote these ipas <laughs> <laughs> uh we're not quite sure about the other beers um w- you know we may go back to the wheat wine we may try this rye wine and see if we can hit that and bring it out um oh, fantastic there's a lot of things up in the air you know the ladies want us to bring that cinnamon toast brunch uh the ladies i, <laughs> I want to try it too <laughs> yeah. yeah i was about to say <laughs> um you know i don't i don't know if that's going to happen or not um but uh, other than that, there's the potential of another event. Um, I think it's going to be based on weather at this point if we go to this one. Um, but it's out in uh, Forney, uh, the Bubble and Squeak. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the Bubble and Squeak. <laughs> nope. It's a, uh, it's, a, it's a bottle store out there. Um, and so, you know, she, Rita, she's the owner of the, the place. She's real cool. She has a lot of good beers. She always has really good like obscure selections of things you know for instance like the collective uh issued out uh boys and barrel beer 
a while back and I just love that beer. Um, and you, you couldn't find it anywhere after a while, but you know, sure enough, I was out in Forney one day and I was at a bubble and squeak and I found multiple bottles and I purchased them all. So, mm. you know, that was, that was oh, exciting. Interesting. I still have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> good, good times. Well, good we'll times. definitely have to look for you guys at blue bonnet. Cause we're usually there. Uh, I know Travis entered some beers this year for the oh, contest. Good luck. Um, I didn't Thanks, yeah. have anything that I was <laughs> okay with entering, so I didn't this year. But I know you did what two or three. I put in four this year. Four, okay. Yeah. I know. I know. We talked to one of the guys out at the uh, Pride of South Side, and he was brewing twenty-one different beers to take to the Blue Bonnet Festival. Jeez, yeah. which I just thought was insane. <laughs> yeah, um, that's and a that lot. was yeah that was that was in September October. At the end it of was October, October right. and yeah, he was like, "Yeah, I've already started brewing." <laughs> yeah, for twenty-one beers, can't win just, if you don't enter. That's yeah. true. Right. That's right. So yeah, you we'll, gotta get those points. We'll definitely uh, try to catch up with you guys and and get an update on on where you're at once sure. we're that'll be awesome. At that point, so yeah, hopefully we'll have that that rye wine. I'm really interested to try that one. So there's my vote, and that that and the uh, cinnamon toast brunch. I want to hey, try those. I'm a huge, huge <laughs> uh, fan of rye, so that rye wine is high on my list. Fantastic, nice. I'm looking forward to tasting it. So but we, right now, I was about to say we have a beer in front <laughs> yeah, of us, and I want to talk do, about yeah. it. Some of us have beer in front of us for sure. Uh, he finished his own. <laughs> yeah, you know, Powers actually entered a competition recently for the uh, Bubble and Squeak theme song. Oh, no. Tiny bubbles. How long are we holding here. on to that one? <laughs> Since we talked about bubble and squeak, anyway. Of course he so, was. moving on to this beer, it's black. It's black. Uh, <laughs> He's like marking it right now. The I'm first taste that. is your eyes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the very dark, opaque, uh, brown, foamy head that lasts. It's just kind of sitting there oh, yeah. on top. It's great. Looks fantastic. Hmm. Nice chocolate aroma, dark roast. Very dark roast, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of roast. Yeah. I'd almost say like imperial level roast because you usually get a lot more roast with those imperial beers, and this it's one has there. a lot. Well, this is definitely an imperial stout. Yeah, it's got the earthy notes that you expect. Um, Just like a real woody, earthy, dirty hop. Mm-hmm. Very nice pickup. Maybe some slight coffee notes too. Yeah. Yeah, very very slight. I'm not getting a whole lot of dark fruit, which is good. I've I've had some imperial stouts where you get some of that dark fruit and it's like that's not that's not correct. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm not picking that up here, which is good. And this was aged on cocoa nibs, is that correct? Correct. Correct, exactly. I've done one of those before and it was an imperial stout aged on cocoa nibs. And I was surprised about just how earthy it turned out as opposed to like milk chocolate because i didn't really know what to expect right and it was more on on the just earthy rich side of things rather than like chocolate syrup yeah so if if, and we really like the earthiness of this uh but this actually turned out more chocolatey than i expected it to i mean it's not i mean Mm. you know like i'm talking like hershey's chocolatey sure um it's still very earthy to be sure, but uh, I was surprised at how... I was actually going to say that I'm picking up more of like a Baker's Bitter Chocolate mm-hmm. than like a sweet milk Hershey's Chocolate. Which would make a lot of sense, you know, those yeah. coconuts. Yeah. I mean, that's much more what they taste like. Right. Uh, were these you ate the, one? Were these the... Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Were, were, were these... Were I, the, we, I've never had one, so I can't... We eat everything that <laughs> yeah. we brew. Yeah. Hops, yes. grains, Oh, my God. We, we, tr- we ate hops once. That was not a pleasurable experience. <laughs> <laughs> um... Like a whole cone hop or just like no, the just pellet? No, just a pellet. We, okay. it, oh, 
I'm not going to lie, I, I accidentally inhaled a little bit of hop there. <laughs> I can taste you know, it right now. It's just so like dry and bitter and gross. Oh, anyway. Um, no, I, I, I'm definitely picking up the earthy, and I don't mean this in a negative connotation, like dirt. Right. Uh, like you took that chocolate bar, just rolled it around in the dirt, and then ate it. That's that, what it tastes like. That it, would be the nibs for yeah. sure. And now, I, were and these the nibs? Yeah, were these nibs Tell roasted me about your at nibs. all? Or? <laughs> Um, I think these were roasted nibs. <laughs> All right. So slightly roasted nibs, you know, not rolled around in too much dirt. <laughs> Lots of drops in there. Thank you. Yeah. I was about to say. For your, for your, uh, you know. Oh, man. Is that a Hershey's bar in a giant bag of apple? <laughs> <laughs> that was I don't know fair. if I, I was taking a drink when you played that. Yeah. <laughs> you almost shot some <laughs> Oh, oh goodness. Very <laughs> roasty flavor. Yeah. Right. You get like the earthiness that comes through. Right. Talking uh, about complex. Oh, yeah. This is very complex. This is. There's a lot going on. I Yeah, I just feel like every single sip I get is, it's not like different, but I figure something different out. It's changing, sure. yeah. It changes, and I like everything about it. And you said this was 11 point. This one's 9.4. Oh, 9.4. Right. Okay. Normally, the, the regular oat milk stout is 8.5. Uh, okay. 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 Yeah, that really comes through the mouthfeel, just the the oatmeal base and then the the milk stout, like the real nice slick sweetness that you get from those uh those additions and then you and got the the roastiness on top of it. Yeah, and it's a pretty dry finish. It just kind of it sits there and it's Yeah. We, just we like you'd expect for an imperial. We used to use a different yeast, which I actually think made it better all the way around. Um but in an effort to try to streamline things for commercial viability we went to just a normal chico strain um and it's still a really good beer i still like it a, a lot um but it actually i think is a little bit thinner um and i think it um attenuates a little higher and we um since we've switched to this yeast it's it's dried out a little bit yeah more. yeah okay. you said you've uh, you played around with a few other aging additions for this beer uh tell us about those uh we've done tons of different things <laughs> with this one um most of them involve coffee so there's no coffee in this base beer recipe um but we've done several coffee variants um, coffee we, coffee and vanilla uh, coffee and cocoa nibs i mean the mexican coffee which has got the vanilla the cinnamon, cinnamon almond. almond yeah um this particular chocolate oat milk stout um we did both on cocoa nibs and we did one with cocoa nibs and coconut um that was our first foray into coconut which is interesting i don't know if you guys have ever done anything with coconut never brewed with it i've tasted lots of beers with coconut so it just all the oils in there just basically kill any kind of head retention that you have so it's Mm -hmm. like when you look at it if i were to pour it for you it would just be black there wouldn't be any kind of head on that guy right there right and the the coconut didn't come through uh, super strong yeah. or anything. Again, so. the first foray. So it's one of those learning experiences. You kind of learn, you know, with coconut, it takes more than what we expected it to be. So, Yeah, because RAR had a pretty good coconut. Uh, one of their, was it anniversary coconut stout that they did? Yeah, it was like, it was an imperial stout with yeah. coconut and, and... That one was pretty good. The, the one that 903 makes is way too much in my The chosen my one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I'm now from, a, I'm from Sherman, and so I really want to like 903. Yeah, right. 
is now, it's just really hard for me. Especially that, that one. It's just way too much coconut. The coconut, the chosen one. Is that a? Is that a? Brown ale is that it's a milk that stout? Is, is it a milk? Is it stout? I think it's. I think I it's a milk it stout. A, like a blonde. I think it is a blonde. I, I know it's not a traditional stout. Maybe I'm thinking one of their mixes that they did because oh the Sasquatch is Sasquatch the, uh, is their stout because yeah, I, I remember they did like a a blend. Let me. See so I, uh, I googled it. <laughs> <laughs> Take a moment here and do that. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking at yeah. The Maui does a coconut beer too. Oh yeah, the coconut porter. Yes. That they have. So, so we went to Maui. This is a good story here. And, well, I, I, don't I don't know, know if it's a good story. <laughs> but they, well, they, I like They it. had a, a taproom only imperial oh God. version of that coconut porter. It was and, delicious. Man. Yeah, we I were, mean, if we you were love getting crawlers it, of that and just heading yeah. to the beach. If you oh, love that. It, yeah. And it sounds crazy. But when you love dark beers like that, I mean, you're sitting on a beach with something with coconut in it like that. You're oh, like, yeah. oh, this is the life. Um, but yeah, I wish they they canned that and shipped it over here, man. It is pretty spectacular hmm. that beer. So I found it. The coconut uh, chosen one is a cream ale. That's it, a cream ale. They also did a bourbon barrel chosen one coconut ale, and then they did the Sasquatch um, blend. I don't like the the chosen one at all. I thought the Sasquatch was better. Still too much coconut. Um, I don't know. So I, that's one of those things you got to be real careful with, I guess. Again, yes. Because you can do too much. And, and right. that's another one of those polarizing flavors. Some people like it. Some people don't. Uh, yeah, you're right. So, uh, people are on one end of the spectrum or the other. You really yeah. don't have people in the middle. You either like it or you hate it. Yeah. Um, and I've seen that from a lot of the people that I tell about our beers. They're always asking us what we have on tap. And, uh, you know, currently with the chocolate oat milk and the cocoa nib variant and the variant with, with the coconut, um, I get to that and some people are like, oh my God, I got to get that in my belly. And other people are like, keep that, you know, stuff away from me yeah. for sure. <laughs> right. So. But this one is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting, as it warms up even more, we had it sitting out for a little while, but as it warms up even more, I'm getting a lot more of the, of the chocolate note. Right. Um, the coffee stuff has kind of dissipated that you get from that dark malt. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting so much of that, but the the chocolate and the the roast for sure is definitely coming through. See, um, and I and in my opinion, you know, I'm that's one of the things I was a little sad about with this version of this recipe again being the first time we really messed with the base oat milk recipe to try to add in some chocolate malts or some additional chocolate malts. Um and and I feel like, you know, in my mind I want that that flavor that you initially get while it's colder, you know, that, that roastiness, the, the darker grain malts. I want a little bit more of that to come through similar to what the base has in it already. Um, and I just feel like we did a little bit too much in taking some of those things out to kind of put the chocolate in. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like getting back to that base and then just adding some of those chocolate malts in is probably more in line with what I think I would enjoy. Yeah. You mentioned the pale chocolate malt earlier. Um, what other dark, Grains that use like a black patent or a dehusked roasted black malt or something. So, um, a, a go to for us, um, is either like Black Prince or Carafa 3. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think those. the Carafa 3 is dehusked. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is, and so is Black Prince. They're basically the yeah. same thing, just different manufacturers, oh, okay. different monsters. Yeah. Um, we like those a lot because they are dehusked. A little less bitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you can still get that roastiness, and it's not. It doesn't come across as acrid, right? Yeah, and, and I think that's kind of the the hard balance to do with an imperial stout is you don't want it to be 
super astringent. Right. Which I'm getting a little bit in this, but you're going to with those those roasted malts. But finding the balance between what's palatable and what's like, oh my god, you know. <laughs> well, this Russian Imperial Stout that we'll do next may may cross those thresholds. For you. <laughs> well, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of the fun part in your brewery development is that you're able to just play around with recipes. Oh yeah. Do something once completely change it because you don't have any government oversight you know you don't have to change mm-hmm. the recipe and then resubmit, resubmit it and right. <laughs> go through that that waiting process so this is definitely a i don't know anything about it but i would say you know savor the moment <laughs> yeah because <laughs> it'll probably change for sure all right so poundability on this one <laughs> nips <laughs> thank you um Poundability, but rating on the super pills. I'm sorry, what? Definitely not a super pills. Um, I would, oh man, like two, three. I'm going to actually go up on this one. Okay. Yeah. uh, I I really like the smoothness of the milk stout base and the oatmeal that helps with the mouthfeel and just the the cocoa nibs, not nips. Yeah. Um,. I'm gonna have to drop myself now. Crap. <laughs> I think that. I please think don't it tell me about your nips. No, I'm, I'm gonna go with a. I'm gonna go with a five on this one. Really? Very nice. Yeah. Wow. That's high. That is high for an. That's really stuff. High, especially yeah. I'm gonna stick at three for this one. I so think. I'm, yeah. I'm curious to know what is what would y'all's poundability on this one be? So I don't know if I could put it on a <laughs> one to ten scale, but I do agree that this is more poundable than the. Wheat wine or the wee heavy. Yep. Hmm. It is. It's smoother. Um, <laughs> the audience agrees. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know. The roastiness of it just kind of. Uh, this is a sipping beer. Like there's another drop for that, but this is definitely one that you'd want to just sit down and enjoy. I don't yes. want to pound this. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I see. I think the roastiness on this is relatively low. Although mm. you're not the first person to say. Hey, this is pretty roasty. Yeah. Um, I -hmm. guess that's just my taste buds. Well, an imperial stout should be roasty. Right. And I think your opinions are about to be changed (laughs) before the next beer. (laughs) Have you had the next one? Was that part of your six pack? Oh, okay. It is a part of my six pack, but I haven't had it yet. Uh, Did you get the base or just like, did you get the oak aged or just just regular RIS? Good choice. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, let's pour it. Well, our last one of the day. Is another stout, which is fantastic. Why don't you tell us about this one? Um, this is our Russian Imperial Stout. We call this Collusion. Um, it has 10 different grains in it. Um, <laughs> which is ridiculous. So hopefully there's complexity there. Um, it's very roasty. Um, very hoppy. Pretty hoppy. Um, it's big. I mean, it's it's in your face. Um it was huge. <laughs> exactly. That's about all I can say to the matter. It was huge. <laughs> Thanks, that Nigel. Was, that was the perfect drop. <laughs> Let's see. The ABV on this. It's called was, collusion. I mean, how can you not? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. 10.4. Oh, 10.4. 10. 4. 10. 4. All right. That's where that came in. Well, it's certainly opaque. You, yeah, yeah, no no lights coming through that. I think black. I think this one is uh, judging on the head alone because obviously the beer looks the same, but it's darker because the head is like a brown instead of the the tan that the last one was. Yeah. And the I legs, want head and I want it to be huge. Yes. Got it. <laughs> the legs on the glass 
That's yeah. very nice. You can tell it's, it's viscous. Oh, yeah. Just through the appearance. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely get a lot of roasted notes in the in the nose. Yeah, this one has a more rich character than the last one, which you'd expect. Uh, from just an Imperial Stout, there's no extra treatment. It's, it's what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. Very malt-forward, rich. A lot of baker's chocolate, mm-hmm. again. A lot of bitter. Yeah, like bitterness. the bitterness. No real esters or dark fruit or anything in the aroma. No. Uh, not picking up oh. many hops <laughs> in the aroma either. <laughs> so, Which is okay. So when I say I hoppy, like um, the hops to me come out as harsh. Um, and I do say that as a negative thing. Hmm. I'm not going to tell you how I messed up the brew, but... Um, it will be corrected in the next batch. Well, I was going to say the initial flavor is fantastic. It finishes extremely dry mm-hmm. and very bitter. Yeah. Now, if it's on purpose, <laughs> that's one thing. So, uh, but the astringency is is definitely there, which for a uh, Russian Imperial Stout is can be a positive thing. But so we wanted it to be. I, I don't want to use the word harsh. We wanted it to be um, a little over the top, both roasty and hop-wise. Um, right. Not only do, do we feel like that fits the style, but we wanted it to set itself apart a little bit from the, um, the oatmeal milk style. Right. It definitely but, does that. Yeah. But the um, to me, I think the hops end up coming across a little bit harsh on, on this one. Was it a amount of hops you used? No, so what happened is I said I wasn't going to tell you guys. But See what you. happened. Uh, was. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we planned on a ninety-minute boil, um, and so then thirty minutes in, I dropped the hops. We had taken a sample <laughs> for a gravity reading, um, but we didn't have our refractometer at that point. We were just dealing with a hydrometer, so we had to let that sample cool down, and we didn't get the. Pre-boil we gravity until we weren't on point, and until we had already dropped the hops, and then it was like, oh, <laughs> we're gonna have to probably do this more than ninety minutes. So that sixty-minute hop edition became a ninety-minute uh, hop okay. edition. Right. Um, Interesting. So yeah, it sent it a little bit, a little bit overboard. Over. Believe me, it's it's a lot more subdued from you know when we first kegged, or even you know um, a month out or so, but. On draft, this has actually mellowed out quite a bit. It hasn't as much in the bottles, um, and the oak age version also hasn't really mellowed out. Those all those flavors are still very sharp, um, but the the draft just regular Russian Imperial Stout. I, I am loving drinking that at home. Um, the serving temperature on that's probably a lot lower too. When you yeah, do that. definitely lower than this. Yeah, because it's been sitting out for an hour ish, hour and a half mm-hmm. maybe. So it is warm. Um, I mean, this is good temperature for the for the beer. I am picking up some hop character. I get a little bit of that uh, on the like, finish, like bringing the corners of my mouth back tighter, type of thing. Yeah, that yeah. that type of thing. I'm getting a little bit of that. roasted that's, hop flavor. That's yeah. the astringency. <laughs> um, roasted hop. What? <laughs> that that really cloyingly dry uh, flavor mouthfeel kind of thing that we had when we ate the hops. Mm-hmm. That's what's on the finish of this. So if it if those were overboiled, then yeah, that's <laughs> that's definitely something that would happen right there. I do like that you're aiming for the really rich and roasty and chewiness. Oh yeah, I will uh, say the, the the malt is so 
good on this. It's mm-hmm. well it's, in the taste. I get malt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sawyer, I agree. Yes, <laughs> all of that, that. Like completely disregarding any of the hop characteristic. When I when I kind of take it down to that malt characteristic, super good. Yeah, like, the initial flavor is fantastic. Yeah. Right. Yeah, last year I uh, as, as a part of the uh, blue bonnet judging, one of the categories I judged was imperial stout, and there was many entries that were just like nice, well-rounded stouts, but you didn't have many that were just the really chewy, rich, thick ones, and, and that's what they're looking for for this style. Uh, reading in the uh, in the BGCP guidelines for imperial stout twenty C, overall impression says an intensely flavored. Big, dark ale with a wide range of flavor balances and regional interpretations. Roasty, burnt malt with a deep, dark, or dried fruit flavor. And a warming, bittersweet finish. Despite the intense flavors, the components need to meld together to create a complex, harmonious beer, not a hot mess. (laughs) Hot mess. Which, it's kind of interesting because I'm not getting any heat or alcohol out of this at all. Um, Even though it's like kind of warmer than anything else we've had today, like just temperature wise, yeah, you know, it's the, the the warmth hasn't come through nearly as much as say the wheat wine. You know, the wheat wine was probably the highest alcohol warmth yeah. I had today. But I am getting some some astringent burnt notes on the finish. Yeah, for sure. Probably come from that hop thing you were talking about yeah, earlier. So we've already um, made some tweaks to this recipe. Um, that I think will ultimately make it come out the way we intended for it to come out this time, um, next time. <laughs> well, like but I said, the, the very the initial flavor is is great. Yeah. So the base beer is good. So like you said, just some tweaks and yeah, you'll be right there where you want to be. It's just a process thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So what's your poundability? Poundability. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Hmm. This is probably gonna be my lowest of the day. Same here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with a two for poundability. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I'll match. Hashtag me too. Match. <laughs> Hashtag me too. <laughs> so two, two, two. I, what would I you definitely see that. I mean, in my mind, this isn't something that you're going to be able to put away a bunch of. <laughs> right. No. So, yeah, no, no. You know, and that kind of goes hand in hand with some of the beers that we're making, these big beers. Um, you know, short of them being deceptively delicious and easy drinking, which mm-hmm. there are some that, that yeah. come across that way. These bigger, dark beers are definitely not that. They're more in line with something that you're going to take a little bit of time with, you're going to enjoy, you're going to sip. And so for sure, this is something that if you're going to have some of, you're you're either going to finish with this or uh, you're just going to take your time. Yeah. And it's by design. I oh mean, yeah, for you, sure. you're not going to sit down and say, "Yeah, let me get like three of those Russian Imperial Stouts." So I'm just here and pound them. <laughs> no, no, it's not going to happen. That way. I'm, I might look at somebody and be like, hmm? "Really? Yeah." <laughs> I mean, I'll do it, but you, you sure about like, that? Hey, we should hang out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this guy wants to come in the back and pound some beers. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So you know, we come back to this every once in a while. It's like, you know what? If I'm if I'm camping and it's you know 45 degrees outside and it's cold, I'm sitting around the campfire. I want a big, heavy, warming beer to just sip on. For and sure. I think this is one of those kinds of things. You know, it's a good flavor, not something that you're going to pull two or three off of at home if you just homebrewed it every night. You know, I'm not going to go home and be like, all right, I'm going to have like four of those Russian Imperial Stouts before I get, 
<laughs> well, I he mean, might, I may, maybe. I, I may know. not have four, but I do generally, <laughs> the first thing I do when I get home is pour one of these. So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I usually, you know, I've, I've got four on tap right now. I'll start on the light side and kind of work my way down to it. But um, unless I had a really rough day, then I'll just, you know, just go straight for the whiskey. But uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, it's it's one of those things where there are times where I'm craving, like, I just want the darkest, you know, roastiest, burnt, imperial stout that i can find that's the kind of mood i'm in and this would check all those boxes for me let me ask you guys a question um because you know these bigger darker beers are what we want to do um we'll definitely have the other stuff um you know to make it more accessible for a lot more people but uh, you know say this beer minus the hop harshness is on um you know in the middle of july are you are you drinking one of these in the middle of july hmm. for me it would depend on the day that i had like yeah. if, if i was jeopardy music if i was outside doing you know yard work all so, day so you're coming to the tap room right yeah. but it's still, so it's a yeah. conditioned tap room yeah so you're inside it's nice you're not outside doing lawn work uh, right, but, but I'm it's saying, still hot. But I'm outside. saying, like, if that was the day that I had, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go out and have a beer after I did all of that, probably not. But if I'm sitting there like, you know what? I know I like this style of beer. Let me have a, a half pour or a taster or something. That would be more likely than give me a full pour of that, you know, 10-point, you know, imperial stout that you right. have or if it's, it's something you have a crowler of at the house you know maybe right. you picked it up at the brewery you're yeah. sitting at home and it's late and you're like okay i'm done drinking some of these other beers i want something to just smash my taste buds right <laughs> so i'm gonna pour a little bit of it that's and, right you know yeah exactly yeah the main reason i ask this because i can definitely drink big dark stouts in the middle of july with no hesitation <laughs> all right but somebody else in the pointed pool, out to me in were, a tube yeah they were like um I mean, so what are you going to do in the summer? And I was like, what do you mean? I'm going to make big stouts. <laughs> They're like, well, don't you think people might, you know, that might not be right for summer? And I'm like, who are these people? Who are these people? <laughs> well, no, I've had those days, too, in the middle of summer. I was like, I, don't, I just want a big, nasty stout, right? right. And so, right. no, I get it. I, to each their own. Everybody has their preference. Um, I would totally do it if, 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 if it was something that I'm craving at that point in time. You know, each, each day is a little bit different, but... Um, the whole thing that brought me around to IPAs, I hated IPAs with a passion for ever and ever and ever years after I started drinking. And it was, I was at my dad's house and he always buys a commercial keg of Lagunitas and has it on tap in his, in his garage. And I just I was like, no, I don't want an IPA. He's like, well, that's all we got. And we were out in the garage in the middle of Ju- July doing like oil changes and, and you know, whatever. I was like, well, I'm thirsty. So and then when I took the sip of that IPA, it was like the most refreshing, best thing I've ever had in my life. And ever Changed since your then, life. yeah, it did. <laughs> I was like, I'm really not looking forward to this IPA, but that's the only beer he has, so I'm going to try it. And it was fantastic. And ever since then, so the, you know, there are those polarizing moments where like that's not really something that I want, and then you drink it, and it's like, oh man, this is incredible. So yeah, <laughs> you never know. You really never know. And that's really all I'm hoping to hear is that people are open to oh, potentially absolutely. drinking those beers in the middle of summer. Good beer good beer is good beer. <laughs> right. It doesn't exactly. matter when it is. Good beer is it good It would beer. not be the first thing I reach for, I'll be honest. Yeah. I would certainly say that, that I, would, I would recommend <laughs> yeah. that you, you guys perfect, I was about to say. perfect a, like a couple real small alcohol, just easy, clean, 
drink it, don't think about it kind of beers. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that pay the bills. So we got a buddy that um, that he's been a restaurant manager for a long time. And we talked about yeah. opening a bar together, you know, 12 years ago. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, we want all these awesome beers and no, no Bud Coors Miller. And our friend's like, well, those are the ones that keep the lights yeah, on. He's yeah. like, well, okay, well, your, mm-hmm. your place is going to be open for about three yeah. months. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. everyone that walks through your door is not going to be a enlightened beer goddess. Of course, that was well, also 10, 12 years ago. Sure. Now, with the craft beer world the way that it is, people look for that kind of stuff. Now, they, that, that New England IPA that we had earlier, that's a perfect summer beer. That's something absolutely I would walk in and say, I want one of those. Mm-hmm. Yep. So... I mean, you've got you've got some good things going on, and I think, you know, yeah, you want to focus on here's our big heavy stouts, but as long as you have those other options, then somebody's going to walk in and go, all right, let me get a flight of, boom, yeah. right. And again, you know, I will definitely have those lower alcohol, um, you know, less punch you in the face flavors <laughs> uh, on on tap for people, as long as as long as there's some people out there. Oh, drink. there's always, always going to be. So well mm-hmm. put it, uh, big nasty stouts. Uh, <laughs> that's a new name for a beer? Yeah. <laughs> big nasty, yeah. <laughs> a big nasty, watch. That's that's the way I feel about 1050. That is a big nasty stout. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's fantastic. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so and yeah. It is. I mean, you got to have those options. And, and right. that's the thing, like. That thing will stain your ceiling. It will. <laughs> our, our buddy Frado, who's been on the podcast before, he actually shotgunned a 1050. That sounds like a poor choice. It, well, yeah, he says it was probably one of the worst things he's done. But it the can like exploded and hit the ceiling, and he had to repaint <laughs> to get it down. So, yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. But anyway, no, I, I every single beer we've had today has been very pleasurable so it's been good. awesome awesome Thank thanks you. for bringing all those out and you like you know, we love free beer so oh, yeah. <laughs> who doesn't right yeah. i hope our comments have been helpful and for sure and encouraging and yeah definitely. I, i'm really looking forward to seeing what happens with you guys in the future and seeing you a blue bonnet and you know whenever you open up yeah. yeah whenever you open up for sure we're going to come out and visit you and, cool. and try out what you got very so, nice yeah thanks for coming out all right absolutely. thanks for having thanks us for having us absolutely well, thank you for joining us for our latest episode of Bruce Styles, where our topic of discussion was hanging out with the Strange Union guys. Join us next week when we try to shake off our hangover from Sawyer's bachelor party. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and who knows what we'll drink from then. Water. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers till then. Cheers. Bye.